Welcome to the Junior League of Cincinnati podcast, brought to you by the Archives Committee. Our goal is to continue to preserve the incredible history of the Junior League of Cincinnati through conversations and stories. Here with us today are Rebecca Bryson and Brittany Gruber, who have both had an instrumental part in the partnership and acceleration of Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Our focus today is on Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank, but I would love to start this episode by taking a moment to hear how each of you heard about the Junior League of Cincinnati and what your time in the JLC has looked like to this point. So either can go first, and if you can introduce yourself with your name so that our listeners can identify who you are, we'll get started. Yep, my name is Brittany Gruber, and um, honestly, I can't really remember the first time that I heard about the league. Uh, It kind of always was something that I was aware of. I went to UC for undergrad and spent a good amount of time living in Columbia Tusculum, so I think I just saw the building and Googled it one day and was always aware um, of what it was, kind of had it on my back burner to join. I thought about it a couple of times over the years, and then in 2016, finally made the decision that I was going to go for it and uh, joined 2016-2017 league year. Uh, was my new member year and, you know, have been here since. As far as what I have done in the league in that time period, uh, pretty much has all been program development and program acceleration. That 2016-2017 league year was when the ad hoc uh, program development committee kind of was informally started and they were just kind of inviting people to join if they were interested. And so I did that during my new member year and then have been involved on those committees since up until this 2020-2021 league year when I am no longer officially involved. Okay, and what are you doing right now in the league? I am a committee member on the nominating committee right now and then doing some unofficial help with the current cycle of program development. Awesome. Thank you. And Rebecca? Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Rebecca Bryson. I joined the league in 2015. I actually heard about Junior League when I was living in Lexington. Um, I went to the University of Kentucky. I had heard about it from a friend, um, but actually in their league, I think you had to be like 25 or something to join. So when I ended up moving back to Cincinnati, I kind of, like Brittany said, put it on the back burner because I thought you had to be 25, which is not um, a rule in our league. So, yeah, in 2015, I joined um, my first active year, first and second active years, I was on the Tour of Kitchens Committee. I love event planning, so that was right up my alley. I did a lot of work with vendors and sponsorships and stuff. And then when program acceleration began, when we kicked off the first year of our partnership with Sweet Cheeks, I joined as a committee member. And then last year was the vice chair, and then this year I'm the chair. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you to both of you. You have both done a lot in the league, and I know, Brittany, your focus has been on Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank and the partnership with them, but having a role on nominating this year, that's a a big role as well. Thank you. So can one of you provide an overview of what Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank is and how the partnership began with the Junior League of Cincinnati? 
Yep, I can go ahead and take this one. Um, Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank is the Greater Cincinnati area's only diaper bank. Um, At this point, they're providing diapers, but they also provide potty training toolkits, feminine hygiene products, um, are in the process, I believe, of providing adult incontinence products. So it's developing more from just a diaper need servicer to a basic needs situation. Sweet Cheeks has a very small number of employees, a very intimate board. It's a a very much like a mom and pop type situation. And that's kind of about them. When we first met with Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank, they had a very small space in the St. Anthony Center and over the Rhine. And at this point, they've moved into a much larger warehouse. So we've really been able to help and also watch them grow and blossom, which has been great. Another major aspect that I think it's important to mention about Sweet Cheeks is kind of how they operate on this partnership model. So rather than being like a food pantry or somewhere that you can just go and get help with diapers or whatever the supply is that you need, they operate on a partnership model. So they have Over 50 partner agencies in the community, when we first met them about three or so years ago, I think they had 20, so it's expanded greatly. Their partner agencies go through an application process and are vetted and then established with them what kind of products they need, how many people they're going to service, things like that, and a client or an individual in the community would need to be receiving services at that partner agency in order to get, say, diapers from Sweet Cheeks. So you cannot just go to their warehouse and get diapers or go to St. Vincent de Paul and say, I'd like diapers from Sweet Cheeks. You have to be a person that is receiving regular services or has like a case manager or a somebody that you work with at St. Vincent de Paul or whatever partner agency that you, you know, that you partner with. And then they will let Sweet Cheeks know, hey, this is the individual I have. This is the size diapers that their child needs. This is how many children they have. And then at that point, they'll provide you with the amount of diapers that they're able to provide. Um, You know, it, it works like that. So it's very unique in that model. I don't know that a lot of other places operate that way. So I think that's worth mentioning as well. As far as how the week got involved, a couple of times I think we've mentioned the program development process, uh, which we're currently going through right now in the league. Uh, But basically, an RFP, a request for proposals, was put out to the community, I want to say, in 2017. I don't remember if it was like the spring or summer or fall, but I'm fairly certain that the RFP was put out in 2017, and nonprofits in the community were invited to submit an application to partner with the league. So Sweet Cheeks was one of the organizations that responded to that proposal request for proposals and we received dozens of applications reviewed those whittled them down through a few different rounds of interviews and secondary applications and things like that they also were required to present to the league it went from i think over 40 applications got whittled down to like five and then two organizations presented to the league at a GMM. So everybody was, you know, privy to their presentation and what they had to offer as a partner. And then we voted. Um, I believe that all members, including sustainers and actives, if I recall correctly, were able to vote on the partnership and Sweet Cheeks was selected to get three years and $75,000 of our resources. Wow. That's a fantastic overview. Thank you. And I do want to point out You know, you said that 
clients would need to work with the partner agencies and really it sounds like they're establishing a relationship with that partner agency. So it's not just a one and done kind of diaper drop off. Are they able to then track the kids over time in terms of right now they need six month old size diapers and then they continue to grow? Absolutely. So yeah, that's definitely one of the the pluses um, as far as their model. It really encourages people in the community to to receive services and get the services they need to hopefully you know improve their situation. Um, as far as tracking the kids and things like that, the partner agencies are required to keep documentation um, as far as I'm understanding to uh, like who's getting the diapers you know how old the child is what services are receiving things like that as far as anything past that like data getting to sweet cheeks and then us being able to look at it as far as you know it making a difference I don't know that that's been able to happen just because of like a confidentiality situation I know that the agencies keep track, but I just don't know how much of that that they share with Sweet Cheeks, you know, just because of the privacy situation. We have done some auditing for them in which we were able to remove the the sensitive data about the clients and then see, like, their feedback. We have had the ability to look at it in a small way, but that, that's about it. Becca, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I will add that we are actually um, still involved in kind of doing that data analysis for them. So the way that it works is all of the partner agencies are required to have the clients fill out biannual surveys. I think it's in November and June every year. And, you know, they're pretty short. It's basically like, you know, your, your name, your kids, how many children you have, how old they are, and what the you know, receipt of these diapers has allowed for them to do and how it's helped them. Right now we're picking up surveys from Sweet Cheeks probably, you know, once a month or so. And then our um, our operations subcommittee, um, part of their responsibilities is that they input all of that information. We've removed anything that's confidential. And so we do some data analysis for them around that. You've already started to talk about this, but can one of you describe the boots on the ground work involved with Sweet Cheeks and how the JLC has been able to be a part of this important work? Yes, absolutely. So I will say, you know, I think when we look at the partnership, a lot of people just automatically, you know, go to the diaper wrappings, which is a huge thing that we have been able to help them with. Not only are league members going to Sweet Cheeks and wrapping diapers for can-do events, but we've also actually led probably 25 plus diaper wrappings for outside groups, which has allowed, you know, Sweet Cheeks employees to really focus on their actual, you know, their job and their work. So we've taken that over and we will actually go in without a staff member, lead those diaper wrappings, you know, lead outside groups, which I think is, has been huge. Now they have recently hired a volunteer coordinator, which I know has been on Megan's list for quite some time. And it has It's been great because we are able to now work with her and the way we're doing it this year is we've said, okay, I think the second Wednesday of every month, the junior league is going to lead a diaper wrapping. And that volunteer coordinator is just responsible for scheduling the groups. And we come in, we lead a two hour wrapping on a Wednesday evening and it, it, it takes, you know, some of the work away from the staff, which has been really, really helpful. 
especially in the beginning when they were at the St. Anthony Center and it was, you know, just two or three employees, it was difficult for them to be able to manage all those wrappings. So in addition to that, we also have league members, both on and off program acceleration committee, do monthly diaper pickups um, at once upon a child locations across the city. There are several of them and it's, I've done them before I do it for the Florence location and you would be shocked at the number of diapers that are donated through that channel. It's, um, it's a great partnership that they have. And so we're able to do something, you know, very easy, just pick them up and we either bring them to Sweet Cheeks directly or to the Columbia Center and then they make their way over to Sweet Cheeks. So that's another way that we've, we've really been involved I think the, the next biggest involvement that we've had, at least from my standpoint, and I might be biased here, is our involvement in their gala. For the past three years, we have had a at least one, if not more, junior league members sitting on their gala committee. We've been responsible for our sponsorships, raffle items. Um, those are usually the two areas that we've covered And we've helped generate significant revenue for that gala event. And we also provide event support where league members can sign up and, you know, maybe not in, not in 2021, but um, definitely last year we were able to slide the gala in right before the world shut down. So, you know, and that's, that's huge for them, um, for us to be able to go and, you know, to do setup and cleanup and running, you know, the raffle stations and doing the check-in. And that's been a large part of our work. And then we have kind of some special projects. You know, I mentioned the data collection around the surveys. We were instrumental in developing the potty training toolkit in our first year of the partnership. We worked with TriHealth and with Sweet Cheeks to get that kind of that idea lifted off the ground. And right now, one thing that we're working on that I think is really cool is Brittany had mentioned that they operate in a partner agency model. Right now, they have 50 partner agencies. Their wait list is over 20, I know for sure. And I feel like it's probably more than that. It is substantial. So Megan has spoken with other diaper banks around the country and kind of said, okay, how are you guys prioritizing who gets on your list? Is it is it just, okay, well, they've been on the wait list the longest, so they're the next in. Well, she discovered that there is a, um, a diaper bank that actually had like a spreadsheet where it would analyze all of the data of the partner agency that's applying for the diapers. And so we are actually currently working on analyzing all of the current partners just to see where they would fall on that sheet. And then seeing how that kind of like stacks up against like the people that are on the wait list as well with the idea that we want to serve as many people as possible. So that's been a really uh, neat project that we've been working on lately. We've done a lot and it's, you know, it's not all just diaper wrapping. So let's go back to the diaper wrapping though. What is the diaper wrapping and what's the process? What's the idea behind that? Like Brittany mentioned, um, Sweet Cheeks actually matches sizes. So the partner agency will come to Sweet Cheeks and they'll say, okay, this month I need four packs of newborns, you know, whatever. They have them packaged. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brittany, but I believe the reason that they do so is that they can't, so they can't be resold. 
I think one of the reasons is so they can't be resold, but I also think that they have to be repackaged because each child or client receives 50, is it 50 diapers per month? So 50 diapers is the quote-unquote diaper gap. 50 Mm -hmm. per month is typically the number of diapers that a family could not afford for their child. So Sweet Cheeks doesn't give you like a lifetime supply of diapers. You get 50 per month. And most packs of diapers are not going to come in a pack of 50. So like if you have loose donations as well as like they buy in bulk packs of hundreds of diapers, well, you have to put them in something. So I think it's just a way to organize them and be able to distribute them in a orderly fashion. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of work has to go into that, I'm sure. Yeah. So we will actually, um, we'll take the diapers, you know, whatever that wrapping they're saying, okay, well today we need you guys. I think last time I was there, they had gotten a truckload. They'd gotten a couple pallets in. So we worked from the pallets in the warehouse and you've got to take all the diapers out of the packaging. You wrap them. They have a very specific way that you wrap them. It's two stacks of 12 and then one diaper laid across the top. Um, and then you wrap it in like cellophane and with it, you include what size it is. And then from there, they go to the warehouse where they're organized by size. Another thing that we'll do sometimes, depending on what work needs to be done is we can actually fill the orders for them. And so what's involved in that is they'll say, okay, here's this partner agency's order. You'll go in and you'll pick however many of each size that they need and put them in the bag so that they're ready for pickup. If I could add one more thing, sorry to no, no, please keep do keep talking, but um, something that I thought of that I think is very important as far as our boots on the ground work that we haven't gotten into into detail are two quick things. Um, one would be the grant writing. I have been so incredibly impressed with the members of our program acceleration committee um, that have been writing grants for Sweet Cheeks. I mean, I don't, it seems like a daunting task to me. And we had so many people that had never done it before and just stepped in. And I mean, how many grants do you think that maybe four or five people have kind of worked on that over the three years. And I would say dozens that they've oh, written. Yeah, I would say. And I know the last two years we were received, I think it was like $55,000 in grants from junior league women yeah. that, that wrote those applications. And that they have really taken it upon themselves to not just take instruction from Becca or myself or Casey when we were chairs, but they met on their own time um, outside of their league commitment with Sweet Cheeks's like grant writing team, which I think was just a couple of women. Mm-hmm. So they really went above and beyond as far as I'm concerned, as far as making sure that A, the grants were being, you know, written to the extent that Sweet Cheeks needed the help, but also they've been awarded. A lot of them have been awarded. So I think that that's a, a highlight and a great skill for people in the league to learn in like a real world environment. And then the other thing that I will say is um, as far as the diaper wrappings, other volunteer aspects as well, but specifically the diaper wrappings, I think that while it's really important, it also sounds a little bit mundane to some people, but something that everyone should keep in mind is that the diapers have to get wrapped to go out. That's just a fact. And especially when they only had two employees, but even now that they have, you know, a small handful of employees, every hour that a junior league person is wrapping a diaper for sweet cheeks is an hour that the staff doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. So if we go in with 10 people and wrap for two hours, I mean, that's 20 hours of work that we just took off the CEO's plate 
Because if somebody doesn't, if a volunteer group doesn't show up or for whatever reason, you know, COVID, they're not able to have volunteers wrap the diapers. It's the CEO that's taking her time to wrap them. So us taking that small work off of their plate has really enabled them to focus on growing the organization and doing things, you know, that they need to do instead of they can't do the work they need to sustain because they're standing at a table wrapping diapers all day because it's the only way they're going to get out. That's a really great point, especially you mentioned COVID. When COVID hit, it was their small staff and their board, and that was it. I mean, you know, the league wasn't able, their regular volunteers were unable. They have a partnership with the, um, I think it's the Hamilton County Women's um, Penitentiary, where those women at the jail actually their job is they wrap the diapers and they're paid for it. That was a huge program that had to be shut down because of COVID. So I think for me, it was really like, oh my gosh, the work we do wrapping these diapers, really, it is important. It's critical. They don't get wrapped and they don't get out. So that's a great point, Brittany. Wow. You've both highlighted the important work, not only that individual women are doing in this area of need in the community, but specifically what the Junior League women have been able to step up and help with. Thank you. And you guys alluded to this a little bit, but in terms of our continued partnership with Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank, what are some of the statistics that demonstrate the positive impact that this partnership has had on the community? When we started our partnership, we were at like, I believe it's like 50,000 diapers distributed a month, which if you do the rough math, that comes out to about 600,000 or so diapers a year. For 2020, they distributed 2.3 million diapers. So That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's really difficult for us to break down, you know, what exactly, how much of that has been league impact. I think that's something we've kind of always struggled to, you know, quantify, but I think it just shows that our support really has mattered. Our volunteer time and our dollars have helped them to quadruple almost the amount of diapers um, that they have distributed. For 2020, they increased diaper distribution by 661,000, which is an additional 1,100 children. Um, A lot of that is due to COVID. Unfortunately, the need, the diaper need just surged when, you know, people were out of work and that need has not fallen off. You know, I actually spoke with Megan earlier this week and it's projected to, to be, you know, the same, if not greater in 2021. Yeah, it's so important to remember, though, this directly impacts not only families, but children who are getting the diapers that they need to feel secure, safe, and clean. Yeah, and I think that, you know, like Becca mentioned, it's really difficult to quantify what the impact's having. It's like saying, like, how, what is the impact on your life that you're able to bathe every day? Okay, well, you know, you can't diapers I think that especially if it's been a while since you've had a little kid or if you are not a parent or you've never had to be responsible for you know providing diapers for someone they're really expensive Mm -hmm. and it's essential I mean you absolutely cannot have a child if you don't have a diaper it is a need as much as food or 
water or, you know, whatever else. And we haven't mentioned this. I feel like I repeat this all the time, so everyone must know it. But I think a lot of people don't know it, that diapers are not covered by any government social service. You are responsible yourself for just coming up with the money to provide diapers and something that is always a high irritant to me for people who are likely in this situation is if you go to like Costco or Target or you have the financial ability to buy in bulk or buy from Amazon, yeah, diapers can seem moderately affordable. But if you're a person that lives on $20 a week for diapers or whatever, um, a more limited budget and you have to purchase diapers from like CVS or Walgreens because you don't have a vehicle or a credit card or a Costco membership, they're significantly more expensive. Um, to buy a diaper, I think I priced it one time, and, like, you could get a diaper on Amazon for, like, 17 cents, and a diaper at Walgreens downtown was, like, 59 cents. I mean, it's incredible, the price difference at some of these places, so it's a huge impact. But as far as the impact that it's making, um, some things that really struck me when we were choosing Sweet Cheeks as a, as a partner for the Junior League was that this allows people to go to work. You can't send your child to daycare, um, specifically like a lot of the daycares that are used by people with government assistance unless they have sometimes a week or two supply of diapers as backup. And if you don't have diapers there for your kid, they don't let you leave your kid. So this you know, surplus of diapers is allowing people to go to work. Um, the feminine hygiene products that they're supplying are allowing girls to go to school. Um, Megan was saying that like she's getting data that Girls are missing a week of school each month because they don't have any feminine hygiene products and they can't go to class like that. So it's like these are huge impacts. As far as a parent or a caregiver's ability to bond with a child, that's disrupted for life. If, you know, babies can sense if they're being taken care of and not, and there's medical data to show that if you have your baby you know, in a Kroger bag or in a dirty diaper because you don't have a clean diaper, that's going to fracture your bond with them forever. There's also a lot of data that they presented that the the lack of diapers or the inability to um, provide those for your child or the problem where people are trying to potty train kids too early because they can't afford diapers and then it's stressful for the child, it's stressful for the parent, was leading to domestic violence. You know, diaper need contributes to child abuse, so... The list goes on about what an impact that this is making on families. To read some of the comments that, you know, we read in the surveys, it's just, you know, we can't share that, which has always been a struggle because we want the, the league to know how important their work is, but we also have to be so respectful of the, of the clients. But it's heart-wrenching to read some of that stuff. It's just... What got me, I volunteered actually once with Sweet Cheeks before they were our partner. And when Megan spoke about that bond being fractured, you know, you're, you could have a mom that is working her tail off and trying so hard and she's short on diapers. You know, she loves that baby so much, but because she doesn't have a clean diaper, that can do damage. And that just like, oh, it got me. <laughs> like I was sold um, immediately. So I, yeah, I think that's really important to remember. We don't always see those things, you know, when you're going and doing the diaper wrappings, but when you, when you think about what an impact we are making, it's, it's a big one. It's important. Well, and it sounds like it's such a domino effect, how not having a basic need can trigger so many other life events, life difficulties, life 
issues for that family. Right. And I mean, I think anyone who has been around a child, it's like, I feel like most of us in the league have the ability to properly care for our children. You know, for the most part, I feel comfortable making that assumption, but even to someone with the resources and support they need, a crying child is a high stressor. I mean, especially for the mom, you're biologically programmed to be in a high state of stress when your baby is crying. And for imagining these women, like Becca said, are doing the best that they can, but your child, of course, is going to be consistently upset, grumpy. How is that affecting the other kids in the house? How is that affecting your spouse? How is that affecting, you know, you and your ability to be patient, to to be the parent that you want to be? It's it's a lot to think about. Wow. Yeah. And I wanted I want to add something. Um so when we were doing program development the last time, we did, um, the league did some information sessions about adverse childhood experiences, and that was really one of the first times that I learned about how you mentioned the domino effect, how something so small, like, to me, like, yes, I have a box full of diapers, I'm, I'm lucky to have that, I don't even think about it, but something so small like that can have a huge negative impact. Um, the period supplies is another one. I had no idea that girls were missing school for days at a time because they didn't have the proper feminine products that they needed. So I really appreciate that the league is educating our, our members because I do think a lot of us are very privileged and we, we have not had to think about these things. So I appreciate, you know, it's, it's hard things to learn and and it can be upsetting, but I think it's really important that we are not only volunteering to help make a difference in our community, but frankly, I think we're also learning, which is really education is, is important. Understanding and knowing these issues is very important. So I give kudos to our league for not being afraid to, to dig into that. Great. Thank you. Thank you both. That's really impactful. Outside of being a committee member of Program Acceleration, what are some of the ways that women in the Junior League have been able to be involved in this work? Yeah, um, some of the things that came to mind for me were um, the networking opportunities, just as we mentioned, with all of the partner agencies that Sweet Cheeks has and then all of the other nonprofits in the community that they touch. It's allowed us to kind of touch a lot of outside organizations. Uh, Also, there are a good handful of leagues um, in the United States that either partner with diaper banks in their community or uh, that actually run their own diaper bank out of their league headquarters. Like that's their long-term project. So that's been a little bit of a networking connection for us as well. Family Volunteer Day has been at Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank, which, you know, has been a great opportunity for a large number of people to get involved. Also, when Sweet Cheeks was housed at the St. Anthony Center and we were going there for diaper wrappings, uh, we were getting brief tours of the St. Anthony Center, like before people would go into the wrapping, and they housed a good number of really interesting um, nonprofits there as well. So that was a good way to touch, you know, a good amount of people. Several league members have done diaper drives uh, at their workplace or their church or, you know, whatever community organization that they have felt like that have been impactful. And then we've also had um, pretty great turnout for some of the events that Sweet Cheeks has had as far as like their fundraisers and their community events for people in the league to attend and kind of see, see them in that way. 
I just want to add that this year we actually added a junior league member that is not on program acceleration. She joined the Sweet Cheeks board, which is something that I was really excited to see. You know, I think it was important that we had a voice of the junior league on the board, but it was it's also a great opportunity for her to use, you know, her skill set. And she really wanted to be more involved um, and had reached out to us about that opportunity. So we were excited to see that development as well. And I do know that that is something that our current program development committee is looking at, too, for a future partner to see if they would be interested in a junior league woman sitting on their board. Personally, think it's important and it's going well so far. So that's good. Good. As we wrap up our time, I want each of you to please share a really proud moment of working on Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank in this partnership with the Junior League of Cincinnati. A proud moment? I, I honestly can't identify like one one small one. I feel like it's been the culmination of everything. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this has kind of been like my entire experience in the league. I truthfully was very scared and felt very green when we chose sweet cheeks as a partner i just thought like oh great this is going to be so wonderful for them and like i'm going to ride off into the sunset and then was approached um along with casey bot who is like rock star of all rock stars and they're like oh by the way like you and casey you guys are going to cheer this and we were just like uh i'll do it if you do it because i was you know i'll do it if you do it because we we're confident about working together but anyway we, we really started that from nothing I'm not sure on the exact number of years but it had been a really long time since we partnered with an outside organization in this way so there really was no model for us to build after Casey and I both just had to like sit down and figure out okay like what is this committee going to look like what are our expectations going to be as far as managing the junior league's money and resources but also managing some sweet cheeks diaper bank resources trying to create and implement and document everything that we were doing knowing that it might be important to be able to duplicate this you know in the future managing a committee of 20 plus women, many of whom had been in the league much longer than I had dealing with like the, the stipulations um, involved with getting in and out of the St. Anthony center, because it's not like they had their own location or having to abide by like their rules and guidelines and circuitor to the sweet cheeks board and their clients. But also we have actives, we have sustainers, we have new members in the league board. It was just a lot. And I, am confident in saying that I feel like we got through these three years successfully. It's been a positive experience for everyone. And that has so much to do with the way that everyone on the committee and specifically like with the support of Casey, that we were able to come up with a good plan from day one and like stick to it and make it happen as much as we could. I feel very proud of that. That's wonderful. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks. Yeah, you should feel very proud of that. You and Casey, you know, I was a committee member when they were the chairs, and they were awesome. And it felt like they were always drinking from a fire hose. Um, <laughs> there were several, you know, wild ride, burning curve. I guess for me, you know, I kind of feel the same way. I think overall, I'm just so proud of the partnership. Um, I'm proud of the work that we have done. I will say in November, our Sustainer Garden Club actually had approached us to do an event where we would wrap diapers at the Columbia Center. And between the, the Garden Club 
program acceleration and a handful of active league members and new members, we wrapped over 15,000 diapers in three days, which is astonishing in the middle of a pandemic. We filled up a giant van and the current vice chair, Emily Reinhold and myself took them over to Sweet Cheeks. And I was like, I'm so proud of us. <laughs> this was so great. We just accomplished this in the middle of a pandemic with like, you know, a quarter of the volunteers that we would normally have for a good reason. So I was super excited about that. This has been such a learning experience for me. I have learned so much about how nonprofits work. I've learned a lot about, you know, myself and working with other, you know, people. And like Brittany said, managing, um, you know, we had quite a large committee for the first two years and now we have about half of that. So that's been another learning curve to kind of say, oh my gosh, like the work has not shrunk, but the people have <laughs> trying to, you know, navigate through that, trying to lead a committee through COVID and, Making sure that everybody feels involved and, and engaged uh, has been challenging, but it's been a great learning experience. And, I, you know, I, I'm really glad that I, I took the leap. Are there any final stories, any little antidotes that you guys would like to add? I feel like there are always so many when you're doing <laughs> you're this. You're not thinking about it. I mean, the groundwork. So yeah. I have, I've got the one. Uh, we were just talking about this the other day, Brittany. So Sweet Cheeks is opening their brand new warehouse. And we were planning this like celebration with them. It was going to be like this, <laughs> this happy hour thing. We put so much work into it. I like had a food truck. I had a beer truck. And oh, by the way, I was literally giving birth but the day after no before yeah the day before this event so like I thought I had everything all lined up and I was like okay Brittany like we're good <laughs> I just need you to show up <laughs> I got it and yeah. lo and behold yeah sure um, enough Becca's in labor I'm like by the way this is not going well can you <laughs> please help me like the beer truck so it was it was a kentucky brewery they didn't realize they didn't read the address when i reserved it that it was in ohio and at the time they couldn't serve in ohio so they canceled on us when i was literally like in, in labor and then the food truck the day at the day of the event like the food truck broke down so like all of this work of this like wonderful event that we had planned grand opening just like fell apart at the last minute. I'm like in the hospital with my fresh baby and Brittany's like, I don't know what to do. There's no grand opening. Well, I can add some excitement to that. So, you know, I'm like, all right, you, you have the baby. We're going to figure something out. And I'm like, well, Megan, like, what are we going to do? There's rules about alcohol. Like this is going to be a challenge, but people are coming, you know, the news is coming. So this event is happening at this point. I have two children. Um, I believe they were like two and three, two and four at this time, maybe, or they might've been like three and five, but I'm like, all right, guys, we got something to do. So I get my kids. We're at Kroger. I have both my kids in one car and I have another car. That's like tons of beer Tons of food, tons of wine, napkins, and Megan, who is the CEO of Sweet Cheeks, is like, just get everything you can that would feed people, and I will just pay for it. Like, she's like, at this point, we just need to have things here to provide to people, so, like, just buy a bunch of drinks and food. So I'm, like, going through Kroger with my kids, hanging out of the cart, throwing, like, Cheetos in, and, like, 
sugary cookies and all this junk. And then, like, I'm trying to push a, like, 500-pound car of actual <laughs> stuff. Then I get both my kids in the car, all the food in my car, drive down to the warehouse by myself. I'm, like, calling my husband, like, you need to get off work and come help me with it. You know, like, somebody needs to – and he's, like, you know, like, it just was, like, the – funniest thing and then of course Megan's like trying to put together the actual event and then you know luckily the knights in shining armor that our committee members like show up and like it was fine so nobody else knew we were supposed to have like a food truck and a beer truck and all these things but just thinking about I'm in this like nice outfit sweating bullets <laughs> pushing the, all of this stuff with these kids through Kroger to try and feed like a non-profit event texting someone who has just given birth like why I hate this brewery, like, it's never going to be okay. That was definitely probably our, like, biggest, oh my gosh, experience. For it was sure. a hot mess. I felt so bad. How oh dare God. you give birth that day, you know? It's like. But you oh. did it, and that's amazing. It. <laughs> it's funny now. It it's funny now. It was not funny, very funny now. I'm sure it was horrible <laughs> at the time. But you did it. That's amazing. And I feel like that is what we need to capitalize on in the Junior League of Cincinnati. We have women who will drop everything, take their kids to Kroger, (laughs) push this 500-pound cart, like, get it done. That's amazing. $500 worth of cheese and crackers. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, thank you both so much for your time today and for sharing your incredible hard work with the Sweet Cheeks Diaper Bank and the partnership that they have with the Junior League of Cincinnati. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope to be back again soon with another episode to preserve the incredible history of the Junior League of Cincinnati through conversations and stories.